Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. gentlemen welcome to the passing shot the tennis podcast run by fans for fans with your hosts joel and kim today on the show we are joined by sam seddon who is ibm's uk sports and entertainment sponsorship lead and responsible for all their partnerships including with wimbledon and england rugby at wimbledon sam has the responsibility of managing all of ibm services for the championships who are the official it provider for the aeltc this includes managing a team of 180 people during the fortnight whose responsibilities range from capturing data courtside to media services security systems as well as all digital platforms sam thanks for coming on the show how are you today uh, I'm well, thank you. Well, managing to weather out the wind that is herring through the UK at the moment. Let's hope we don't have uh, this wind uh, for when the tennis, uh, you know, hits us in, in June. But um, Sam, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, this is part of our Passing Shot Meet series, We, you know, trying to bring different um, individuals from across the, the world of tennis, the wider world, on to, to learn more about what you do. Um, so just a bit of kind of background um you know I've been looking at what IBM bring to to Wimbledon um and I really it can be split into kind of two things um the player experience and also the fan experience um through all the things that IBM provide um well, let's talk fan experience first because you know we are both tennis fans this is a podcast very much focusing on the fans relationship to tennis so could you just briefly um talk us through how IBM help to to kind of really bring people closer to the action when when Wimbledon comes around every year um yeah I mean it's it's a range of things really I mean the the way that we work with Wimbledon is is very much year round so we're we're always um looking at what we can do to improve um and what we can do to be better um so it there's a little sign actually when you come out of the, the offices of the club, which says once once we finish, we begin. And it, it is like that every single year. Um, so from a, from a technology point of view, in mean, the way that most fans will interact with Wimbledon um, from in, in a way that they control is, is through their digital properties. So there's obviously everything on the broadcast. Um, and whether that's BBC or ESPN or Star or whichever country you're in, Wimbledon are increasingly getting involved in how that looks and feels when it comes across the, the television to you. Um, so they've set up their own broadcast company to help um, support and deliver that content to all of those providers. Um, but it, in, unless you're able to come to SW19, then the, the place that you're going to experience Wimbledon most uh, in a way that Wimbledon want it to be presented is on Wimbledon.com in the official apps. So we're we're constantly looking at what do the fans want and need, and then how do we create content 
that is both engaging, that works in a way um, that it can exist within digital owned properties, but also in, in social media, the platforms that they operate within. And, and how do we create an environment where we draw people from one environment into another? Um, a lot of that's down to data. Uh, you know, what is the score? Why are people winning? And, and how do we present that in really exciting and engaging ways? Um, how do we help break news? Um, and how do we deliver experiences that are very much tailored and personalized to you as the fan? So you get what you want when you want it. I think that's a really interesting point because I think with fans, I think you could almost have two different sets. You've got the the fans who are actually going to the event, and then you've got the fans who you know who aren't going to event but obviously still want to to be engaged. And obviously, with those different audiences, there, there comes you know different sets of needs and different ways to you know to interact with Wimbledon. And it's it's almost kind of I've, I feel like you have to almost cater for two different two different sorts of fans. Uh, well, you could almost say it's 14, and the reason oh, it's, okay. it's 14, um, so Wimbledon have done some segmentation of their audience, so, you know, what kind of fan are you? And they've done that uh, through research and analysis, and, and that's broken down by country, but it, it breaks down into, broadly speaking, seven sets of fans. Um, and they've all got their own needs and wants, you know, are they are they a general sports fan? Um, are they actually the, the real tennis fanatics? Um, are they a social fan? By which I mean, you know, they're they're interested because of the social event, the celebrities kind of thing. So there's all these different segments, and you've got that fan base both on site and off site. So we do look at that kind of level of detail in terms of how do we deliver an experience which is going to be compelling to those different user groups, and making sure that all of them are being served in a way that they is appropriate for them wherever they are. Yeah, and I think I guess having lots of different fans, it's that's a com. It adds a layer of complexity because, as you said, there's lots of you know different needs. You know, catering to kind of a tennis fanatic compared to a casual fan um, is quite tricky. And I guess that's one of the challenges of Wimbledon is that you know it is a national event. You know, if there is one tennis event that you know fans in the UK are going to watch, it's probably going to be Wimbledon. And as a result of that, you can get people with absolutely kind of zero knowledge wanting to get involved in tennis in the first time uh you know up to you know people like i guess me and kim who you know have been to you know, been to wimbledon for you know a million times before love to you know love to queue and it's um you know it feels like that's kind of one of the you know one of the challenges is that you know you've got that kind of level of you know you've got some people with zero knowledge of tennis and some with you know lots of knowledge are there any other kind of other challenges as well that um you kind of have come across when you you know think about Wimbledon and think about what what IBM has to do um yeah I mean there's a there's a real scale challenge that that, that we have that we we help Wimbledon out with and and speed and scale so Wimbledon's um if you you know if you're into Wimbledon and you you're probably familiar with their in pursuit of greatness um, content themes and um, they've had a number of series of those over the last years but the, the story behind the In Pursuit of Greatness theme is it's an aspiration that can never be achieved. Wimbledon are always striving to be the very very best they can be and that is because of the nature of the event you know, it is a high quality event they're, they're striving to be the best tennis tournament or one of the best sporting events in the world and that comes with a requirement for quality and, and that permeates through absolutely everything you then layer in t- on top of that, um, you know, from you look at what's going on in early June to what's going on in the first two weeks of July. You know, there's a huge scale requirement in terms of volume of content, in terms of the infrastructure that sits behind all of that, making sure it's all seamless and, you know, and works. And that level of scale is significant. 
say, you know, will scale their web environment about 55,000% out of tournament time to in tournament time. And that's all going to be done incredibly efficiently. And then you've got how do we keep the new stories coming quickly and rapidly? So we, we do, we've done some sessions with them in the past where we sort of come in with a challenge, which is, okay, so Wimbledon are journalists. You know, they've got journalists on site creating content with that social media or whatever. And it's the, the challenge is how, how can that bunch of journalists break news faster than a global media organization? Because as you'll know, there's a first mover advantage in terms of getting your content out first. So how do we help Wimbledon identify that, that news might be breaking before it breaks? And we can do a lot of that by looking at the data. Um, and, and how can we um, help them create content really quickly, but still maintain the quality uh, in terms of watching highlights and getting access to that content you know, immediately after the match. So if you've not managed to see the match, you can see the highlights or you have seen the match and you just want to see the best shots. Getting that content out really quickly is also very important. So we use a lot of you know, cloud technology, artificial intelligence, data scientists, et cetera, to make all of that happen. And are you are you able to just delve a bit more into into the types of technology that you use? Um, you know, because I understand you've got a team of what 180 people approximately that you take on board at the championships. And I know I've I've seen you know at every court the the data collectors sitting there, you know, yeah. at the first port of call, kind of getting the stats in. But how what is used to actually translate that to what we'll see on our apps when we're following kind of the live scores and the match stats? Yeah. So once. Uh, somebody clicks the button on the side of a court and it is just a regular iPad. It's just been designed with some software that allows really rapid capture and the people that are capturing the data are very good tennis players. So we know that we're getting quality data and we train them very, very well to make sure that that's the case. Then it becomes a big data distribution and, and analysis operations. So that data in its raw form can be distributed immediately to scoreboards. Um, but then we also want to add to that data and enrich it. Um, so what's it telling us? And with, there's a system called the Wimbledon Information System, um, and that contains all of the data that we've got in, during the time that we've been capturing it and all the scores and results going back to 1877. So when you're sitting on the, sitting as, in a commentator's booth, you'll have a Wimbledon Information System in front of you, and there's a screen of match statistics that update instantaneously every time somebody touches a button and enters some data. So the percentages of you know first serve, second serves, how many approach shots, et cetera, et cetera. So we start to enrich the data with more insight. And then um, we can feed that into the apps. So all of the apps update uh, you know, within a second or two, doesn't matter where you are around the world. So there's a big cloud infrastructure that makes all of that happen. So we've got seven data centers around the world um, that are helping to drive that. We've got four what we call public data centers, public cloud environments um, that is sort of serving the, the front end web stuff. And then we've got three private ones that are sort of back up, but also manage the environment. Um, and then there's a big data science operation going on. So we've then got systems on top of the data warehouse that's uh, constantly searching for um, when record, records might be broken. So when uh, Roger last year went to the top of the all-time Aces leaderboard, uh, we, we can sort of predict to an extent when that might happen. So we know that he's close. We know how many he's got to serve. We know how many he, might serve. he normally serves in the match. So we can pre-warn Wimbledon and then notify them as soon as that ace hits so that they can you know, post pre-created content. Um, and then all of that data is, is a source of information when it comes to presenting things into 
um, Slam Tracker, which is our um, tool that you can use as a fan in Wimbledon.com and in the apps, which is a little bit like being in the shoes of a tennis coach. So very basic, you know, it's the score, but you can dig down into all of those lovely stats that tennis fans like. Um, and then also we've sort of run some um, some artificial intelligence, machine learning over the top of that to understand what are the tactics that these two individual players uh, need to execute against in order to increase their chances of winning. And you can see how each player is performing against those. So you can see the tactics of the match. There's a momentum flow in there as well, which is based on analyzing all of that data. And, and then finally, we can use the same data along with other data to create the video highlights. So we can say, this is an exciting point because of where it is in the match. Uh, you know, am I serving, um, trying to save a break and, and I'm love 30 down and I managed to turn it around at 15.30 and then come through and win. Um, you know, is it a set point? You know, there might be 30 break points in a match, not all of them are created equal. So how do we select the ones that you want to see in a two minute highlight reel? Well, we've done that based on excitement. So we're also listening to the sound of the crowd and the noise that they're making within the stadium um, and how animated they are for every point. And then we're also looking at how animated the players are using video technology. And we've taught our artificial intelligence system to recognize when the players are related, you know, fist pumping, gesticulating. And if we combine the data, the crowd excitement and the player excitement together, then we can rank every point for excitement. And then we create highlights reels off the back of that data. So the simple act of pressing a key on the side of a key on, on the side of the court triggers a whole load of downstream systems and activities that ultimately result in all of the digital experiences you see, all of the scoreboards updating and artificial intelligent highlight systems um, creating video highlights. That is that is really cool. I mean, as a fan, you know, you just don't think about these like behind the scenes things that go on. And I think that's really incredible, especially, you know, how the highlights are created just, you know, from analyzing crowd reaction and, and players, you know, emotions. I had no idea that that was, that was, you know, being used. And I suppose all this is kind of music to journalists ears and the broadcast media, because I'm just trying to think what, what did they do before we had such technology? You know, I can imagine them frantically like sifting through bits of paper in the commentary box, you know, trying to search for facts and things. And um, yeah, it's, it's incredible really. Um, so how do you, obviously there's a lot of like, new technology, I guess you're, working hard every year to kind of, you know, continue improving, you know, in pursuit of greatness. Um, as you said, obviously, Wimbledon always striving for absolute, you know, top quality. Where do you see um, the future going? Is there any like major projects that you're kind of like heavily invested in working on kind of in the next like five, 10 years? Is there anything that, you know, fans are going to be getting that they're not getting at the moment that you could kind of tell us about? <laughs> um, <laughs> without revealing too much <laughs> um that's a kind of yes and no answer to that question um is there a lot going on yes absolutely um and, the, and there will certainly be some new things in the summer we're stuck we're, we're at the at the kind of early stages of of proving some of that out at the moment and um we've got some quite exciting things that are going to be available um hopefully for the fans in june helping give you even more of an insight into what's going on this summer um I think what I can say at the moment is that the use of data um, in all its forms, so data in the forms in the forms of statistics, data into the in the forms of understanding the preferences of a fan. Um, you know, do you, Kim, as a fan, 
like Stammerinka because he's got that amazing one-handed backhand and therefore here's another up-and-coming player that you might not have spotted but you might be interested in because they've got similar playing styles. You know, being able to understand your wants and needs because of how you interact with the site um, and and being part of the, the My Wimbledon program, which is Wimbledon's community and, and fan program um, and giving us the preferences of the players you like and by, by some of that helping us serve you better is something that we're, we're focused on quite significantly this summer um, bringing together more from what we can do with the data we've got whether that's structured data like the schools but also unstructured data um, you know, example of that being sound um, then we can we can give you even more of what you want when you want it and that's what we're looking to try and do in the summer it's really fascinating because I, you know, for me, I feel like one of the biggest, uh, you know, one of the biggest developments or one of the things that's changed the most over time is, is the app. And, you know, me and Kim as tennis fans, you know, we go through that cycle of, you know, we get to a grand slam and we download the app and then we see, you know, we see, um, you know, we have a, a laugh about kind of the, you know, the app experience because it feels like, you know, across all of the grand slams there's like a different sort of level of experience you get with each app we me and me and kim actually ranked the wimbledon app probably the highest of the four grand slams because and i guess you know it's a testament to that you know kind of pursuit of perfection that the app is a really you know useful companion uh, for fans because it is able to kind of do all those things in terms of you know tell you the stats and and just get the information right to be honest because you know some of the other apps we've we you know i've experienced anyway have just kind of been you know they've not been a hundred percent and you know i think tennis is one of those sports where there is so much data out there so it almost kind of it almost feels like the you know the stakes are you know stakes it's high stakes almost kind of when it comes to you know Wimbledon when there's lots of you know lots of eyeballs on you yeah and um you know good to know that you really rate the apps so so thank you for that um an awful lot of work and effort does go into it. i mean yeah i mean getting it's one of those things and again just tennis is on one level it's a very simple sport you know there's two two people four people either side of the net hitting a ball backwards and forwards and somebody loses a point somebody wins a point and there's a score increments but the the structure of the of the game allows you to infer and develop so much more from it and the the fans really need that and they really appreciate it and it is you know it's blinding if it's not there for you so you really notice it when it's not there and the fact that it is there seamlessly sometimes goes amiss um but it's not it's also not a trivial task so and i think this is one of the things that quite often people don't understand is you've got 18 sets of products 18 tennis matches at wimbledon at least happening at any single point in time all of which are streaming data all of which have got their own set of match statistics to a greater or lesser extent depending on what call they're on and all of that needs to be provided seamlessly within a couple of seconds somebody hitting a keyboard on the side of a court to several million people around the world and the, the complexity of delivering that is often not appreciated and there's a you know and there's no surprise in that there's no way why, why would you have to consider that that's why women work with people like ibm so that we can worry about it um but it is a non-trivial task but if you get it wrong it, it, it is very obvious and i suppose just um one of the biggest challenges you know is is i guess making sure that there's no technical hitches or or security breaches or you know because you know everything is i assume you've got a lot of backup centers maybe around the world because obviously 
there's so much data being collected. What if there's a sudden blackout? I mean, is that a big concern um, that you have to obviously factor in when you're planning everything for the championships? Yeah, absolutely. So we we have what we refer to as a hybrid cloud. So we've got um, technology on site where we need really, really rapid uh, speed um, and, and very low network latency. So scoring systems, for example, and, and those are you know, designed to be resilient. Um, so if you give you an example, we've got people uh, on center court. Uh, if you're looking at the Royal Box, if you looked up to the left-hand side, as you look at the Royal Box right up in the gods up there, that's where our, our statisticians are sitting. And on center court, we'll have th- we have three. Um, and that's so that we've got speed and accuracy between the three. Somebody's calling it, somebody's entering the data, and, and somebody's doing the speed elements and the rally count. But there's also two systems courtside. And then back in our operations center, we have a two um, data overseers, and they can they're on radio to all the courts around the grounds. And if there was any query around any point on any in any match. They use a, a TV um, monitor system that allows them to go back frame by frame through any point on any court, identify um, what the the right um, data answer is, which could be what was inputted, or if not, they can make amends to the system centrally so that it updates. So um, we've essentially got three levels of resilience just on capturing the data on site. And then around the world we've got seven data centers so that's for geographical speed and disbursement but it's also for volume and it's also for um, quality assurance so um, multiple levels of of resilience throughout all components of the architecture you've got to be very strict around kind of the capturing the data and and of course you know with the data it, it is there to kind of serve fans but it's also there to serve players and you know IBM's role at Wimbledon yeah they do kind of improve and enhance the fan experience but it's also there for the you know these statistics are very useful and valuable uh, the data in general is very valuable to the player experience as well and if if you if you, if you don't mind could you just kind of give us a you know an outline again of kind of what is the IBM do specifically for players um, at Wimbledon yeah, sure. So I mentioned that we'd got all of this data from all of these years that we, we keep in a, a system. So the players have access to that system. So first and foremost, they can go and you know, they can check their own record, um, but they can also go and look at their opponents. And um, that's made available to all of the players. Um, but what we also do is we provide them with a, a personalized website. So that website is there to give them all of the information they need about the championships um, including the tennis, so they can, they can see their practice court bookings in there, their transport bookings. Um, they get notifications around when the order of play comes out, so that they they know when they're playing and what match, what time they're on, so they can start to prepare for the next day. And then we provide them with um, their player reports through that system. And if they're on one of the six um, main show courts, then they also get a video file, uh, which is embedded with their match statistics. So they get a full report, which is you know a huge amount of data about you know tactics, placements, um, point by point data trails, um, and then they also can use use the video to say, okay, well I'm actually just interested in my break points, or I'm interested in my backhand winners, or in my unforced errors, and the video will just jump to each one of those points in the match. So it sort of speeds and aids their um, 
their analysis of their own performance. And then we have a bespoke data science service. So if there are any particular questions that any of the coaching staff have got about the players, then we can we can support those requests as well. So is it possible for a player to, I don't know, be pra- you know, be practicing courtside? Could they go on their iPhone or on an iPad and access their website and go to their report like you know courtside so they can literally you know be like okay i need to work on my backhand against my you know opponent in round two and they've learned that from you know literally you know from their you know their smartphone or whatever and they can literally go to the baseline five seconds later is, is that how it is that how it could could work uh well if they were on a practice court they could do that but yeah. obviously they're not allowed they're not allowed their technology on them oh, on, yeah. on the championships court so um but the technology allows that to happen yeah and then um We've also done some work, obviously Wimbledon aren't a national governing body, but um, the USTAR, who obviously put on the US Open, um, and we've done work with the USTA on a coach advisor tool. Um, and that, again, is looking at, at the, the tennis data, but also video data. So it looks at um, physiological load. So how much are the players being exerted during a match? And we can look at we look at that based on their height, their body weight, their speed around the court, how much how distance they're covering. Um, and then we look at mechanical intensity. So that's a kind of weighted view of their acceleration and deceleration as they're moving around the court. And combining that with their points trail, we can start to identify uh, any correlations between um, their performance in the match and how that ebbed and flowed versus the their overall um, physical exertion, uh, which is incredibly useful for coaches um, and has been developed in conjunction with the, the USTA player development team. Um, and that was used for the first time this year and demoed for the first time this year at the, at the, uh, at the US Open. So there's, And there's more going on in that space um, in terms of supporting um, how players are being coached and developed and being prepared for the matches because ultimately the players are performing their best on the court then happy tournament yeah i can imagine that's a really interesting area at the moment because you know there's a lot of talk in the tennis world about on-court coaching so it, it almost feels like you know we could get to a point where it sounds like you know with ibm and you know you can do all this kind of data delivery post-match but you know if if on-court coaching becomes a thing um you know becomes a thing on the tour becomes a thing at grand slams across you know the men and the women um you know it could, could it be a you know, could it get to a point where you know you're almost feeding insights um you know during the match being almost kind of being that uh bit even more reactive and, and being able to kind of do it you know on a changeover as opposed to you know after the handshake so i think that the the, the technology would be able to do that um but just because the technology can doesn't mean that one should. Um, and I think that's one of the very important considerations in, in anything that's done. You know, is this the right thing for the game? And that's as much for the for the you know the games administrators in this, in their various guises to, to kind of make that decision, rather than I think that being technology forcing its way in and trying to make the change. Um, I think the other thing that you've got to consider in that scenario is how do you make it even how do you make it um, something that all players have equal access to? Um, because if it's not available to everybody, then you're providing an unfair advantage. Um, so that element as well, and you know, what levels of the tour might you do it at, and so on. So I think you know there's a number of subtleties within that.
I agree. I was, it was more of a, you know, I th- as I said, I think it's kind of an area to that's being explored at the moment, and I have no doubt, kind of, you know, data, pl- you know, plays a role there. But it's almost kind of a case of, well, how much, how much of a role, uh, you know, should data should data be playing? Um, but just going back to kind of, you know, Wimbledon and kind of, you know, the access that you know players do have. You know, is this a kind of a service that? You know, because you know, we, you know, there, there's lots of different sorts of players at Wimbledon. You, you, know, you get players who you know have their whole entourage, and then you've got players who maybe just have you know one, I don't know, one part-time coach. But you know, the service you provide is that like something that's available to everyone? You know, who plays you know a t- you know a tennis match um, at Wimbledon from I don't know from juniors to to the you know gentlemen singles. Yes, so we make the same service available to everybody, so that again, is one of the principles that Wimbledon are really, really clear about is um, everybody has equal access. So equal access to the player website, equal access to reports um, based on the court that you're playing on. Um, so everybody gets a video file, but everybody gets the statistics embedded in it. And that's just a function of um, what we're able to um, deliver technically. Um, and then you know, equal access to, you know, if you've got a query about your performance and, and you can structure the query as in the question to us then you know you come to the press desk you come down to our operations room and you you just ask and we will help out so do you have a, a bunker sort of on site where players could go to if they've if they're really stumped about how uh you know they they you know they've got an opponent coming up and they're really stumped about how to beat them can they literally go to some uh you know some place on site and, and ask you a question <laughs> so um we we do actually we do refer to it as the bunkers because we're underground. Um, our, our rooms are actually underneath Court 14. For those of you that are familiar with the Wimbledon site and underneath Broadcast Centre, so yeah, we're, we're as ever with IT, we're in the in, in the darker recesses <laughs> of, of the buildings. Um, but um, yeah, what we're able to do is provide answers to questions that we're provided with. What we're not able to do is provide the coaching advice that may you know help interpret that or help come up with the right question to ask in the first place. So, uh, yeah, we, we don't provide... Um, the, the magic bullet. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't provide the, the, the tennis tennis analyst that goes with the que- with the data, but we can certainly provide the data. And do you, at, at Wimbledon, Sam, do you get a chance to see the light of day and, and see any tennis yourself, or are you, are you sort of too busy, you know? Well, I'm, in terms of seeing the light of day, I'm quite lucky in seeing the light of day because I sort of move around between the the main club offices, which are over the top of, of um, the main um, entrance gate, gate four, and and then you know, we have hospitality suites on site and and the IT operations room. So I do get to see above ground. I don't get to see a lot of tennis unless I'm walking past a court, though. So um, yeah, I'm generally quite busy moving from one thing to another while I'm there. And do you, um, does IBM have a role for um, Wimbledon qualifying as well? You're, you're set up at, at um, the you know, Roehampton. Do, do you cover that as well? Yes. So Wimbledon consider the championships to be a three-week event, uh, and that includes qualifying. So we are operationally ready and delivering the services that we need to deliver from qualifying. So as they've started to, um, you know, I'm sure you're you're aware they you can now buy tickets and go down to see qualifying um they're broadcasting some of the qualifying matches um and you talk to some of the aficionados and tennis they say some of the best matches you're going to see are going to be down at qualifying so if you've never been before and you want to get right up, up close to some really really good tennis i can highly recommend it um and it's a great setup down there it's really um 
it's a really lovely environment. Um, so we're still providing the same kind of data services. We don't provide all of the player report materials down there that we do for the main qualifying draw. And that's because they don't have the TV infrastructure down there. Um, but we are streaming the TV through uh, the feeds through Wimbledon.com and providing the same you know, services into you know, stats and scores and so on into the apps. And you spoke about, I think, you know, you spoke about earlier about being able to kind of scale up, you know, the fact that, you know, Wimbledon, you know, for fifth, sorry, 49 weeks of the year is, um, you know, it's a you know, private members club, but for, you know, for three weeks, it's, you know, one of the, you know, it's, it's the biggest, you know, tennis tournament in the world. And, um, you know, uh, you know, we've seen in the news recently that Wimbledon has acquired land and is going to actually get more tennis courts, you know, on the main site. And I imagine, you know, for, you, for your role, you know, with IBM, it's kind of like, well, that's another that's going to be another big opportunity to kind of scale up your your operations as well. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's incredibly um, exciting to be associated with Wimbledon when, you know, their plans are so progressive Um they got a 42-acre campus at the moment. They just added about another 75 by the purchase of the um, or the early buyout of the golf course. Exactly what they're going to do with it, they're still working through that. And there are various plans. Um, you know, things that are being considered are you know, potentially moving qualifying up to that site. Um, you know, I'm not sure whether um, they would have championships games there or not. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, there's obviously a road between the two sites. So how are they going to overcome that? Um, provides different access opportunities to um, tube stations um, that are on the far side of the golf course. So, you know, how, how does one factor that in? Um, but it, I mean, all it means in in, in you know, macro terms is that the championships is continuing to think really big and really bold in terms of maintaining its position at the top of the sport, and and that is a kind of very demonstrable um, example of that. Um, and you know, as the plans develop, I'm sure technology and, and the overall experience for the fans coming to and the guests coming to Wimbledon will be front and centre of their thinking as they're building that out. But whatever they do, it will still be very Wimbledon and it will still be amazing. No, it sounds sounds fantastic. I have to say, when Wimbledon comes on this year, I'm going to be taking extra special attention, I think, to to what's going on and, and um, looking forward to seeing all of the kind of innovations, you know, year on year. It's just, it's actually quite incredible when you think about it and what you can do with you know all that data really unlocking its potential and you know I think IBM are just at the real forefront of that and um, yeah especially with you know Wimbledon's kind of future expansion possibly and and you know it's a very exciting time to be following it um, so Sam thank you uh, so much for coming on um, I hope this year you might be able to see a couple more sets of tennis than you have um, previously at the championships. But um, it's been fantastic to learn about kind of what you do and what IBM does at the championships. So thank you. Thank you very much for, for being on our show. No problem. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you. So um, myself and Joel will be back um, with another, uh, with another episode of our passing shot meet series uh, in due course with another guest from the world of tennis. So hope you've enjoyed um, uh, an insight into the world of technology at Wimbledon. And uh, thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on all social media at Passing Shot Pod. Uh, feel free to drop us a line, drop us a question. You can also email us at passingshotpod at gmail.com. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye.